Fun glee, muggle naft, kathon, clay, wagadnagal, fatagan. From the Darkhold, the pages of the Book of Sin. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to Noob Island, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects, but away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards. We like to think of it as learning and luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell the rest of the class your name, what you ate for breakfast this morning, and what you're here to learn about. Uh, my name is Mackenzie. Uh, I didn't have breakfast, but I had panda for lunch at Panda Express. <laughs> That's okay. All I had was dinner yesterday. <laughs> Mackenzie! Actually, same here. <laughs> uh, and I'm learning about magic in the Marvel Universe. Uh, and my uncle was a chthonic priest. <laughs> well, now I'm concerned. <laughs> well, with that in mind, Professor Z, what's our lesson today? So in theory, it's about the Darkhold, but because it's about the Darkhold, that means it's also kind of about the Elder God Cathan, the Magician Mordred, and a little bit about the Darkholders, which are the least imaginative named secret society in history. The yeah. Darkholders? The Darkholders, yes. Uh, so, getting this out there, as I was looking through the stuff for this episode... I was like, man, in a perfect world, this would be like three or four different episodes, but they all intersect and like bounce off each other so much that it just it would be like three episodes that were all really short that in many cases said the same stuff. Mm. So it's going to be just one kind of like. Now we're talking about Cathan. Now we're talking about the Darkhold. Now we're talking about both Cathan and the Darkhold in the same event, but doing different things. I get it. So I'm just... <laughs> I get it. I, it's like I had to train somebody at work the other day and go through some of the training packets. Mm -hmm. And there's a safety training and a food safety training. So that like two thirds of one of the trainings is about half of the other training. Yeah, yeah. And you have to go over them both. But... <sighs> It's the same thing. <laughs> really, what this means is this is either going to be one of the episodes that I'm really proud of or one of the ones that I refuse to ever listen to. Like, and we will find out together at the end, so... I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> I actually need to. I, I try to listen to most everything we put out, just to... Since I don't edit it, it's how my, like, oh, man, I messed that up. <laughs> I'm saying almost too often. <laughs> there wasn't but. enough photogging. <laughs> Oh, all the I feel time. like I should report you to HR, but I don't know why. <laughs> I will be HR. <laughs> Gonna photogin this up. Oh, God. <laughs> it's photogin time. What the photogin? <laughs> so these characters act, or this book, the Book of uh, Sin, and the god that created it actually does tie back all the way back to our very first episode. But before that, the Darkhold itself is Basically, the Necronomicon from uh, 
H.P. Lovecraft. Lovecraft is going to be a heavy influence on everything that comes out on this. Although, in the Marvel Universe, the Necronomicon is a derivation of... The Darkhold. The Darkhold. The important part of this, before I go into the origin of it and its, uh, I guess, Master Cathan, is the number of spells that happen in... The, the things that you can do when you have control of the Darkhold beyond go immediately insane. Although that's number one. That's number one. It's also two, three, and four. But five is still some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> Among other things, you can access Limbo, which is Magic's realm. Uh, uh, also, Belasco's realm. But Magic punked him like 15 years ago. and Belasco has not given it back. nothing. He's really not. <laughs> uh, it is the origin of lycanthropy. So all werewolves are directly because someone was freaking around with the Darkhold. They photogged it. They photogged around with the Darkhold. <laughs> Uh, you can conjure the Dark Force. The Dark Force is something we have not really talked about because, to be honest, I'm never sure if it counts as magic or not. It turns out it is a thing that you can you access with magic. It is a nearby dimension. This sounds dumb, but it's kind of cool in comic books. It's one of those that is literally made out of darkness. Nice. Do you know the characters like Cloak and Dagger? Mm -hmm. Cloak, his... Cloak is access to the Dark Force, or the Dark, yeah. Dark Force and Dark Hole, that's going to get confusing for me in this, but it is the Dark Force. You can teleport through it, you can grab people. You mostly teleport through it anytime someone's got, uh, like, their powers are darkness or shadows. It tends to be Dark Force mm -hmm. stuff. You can control the will of others with the Dark Force, or with the Dark Hole, enough about the Dark Force. You can summon Cathan and other malevolent elder gods. You can siphon psionic energy to empower targets, uh, to empower a target. And it is the origin of vampires. So pretty much, if it is a hammer horror character, it came from you. Blame the Darkhold. It is also the source of the Montesai formula which will come up more in a couple of upcoming episodes, but it is a spell Doctor Strange used to destroy all vampires. Good for him. It didn't stick. I don't know why. It did stick for like 10 to 15 years of publishing history. Like, in credit to him, it was a big thing. But then they went, you know what was fun? Vampires. Vampires are fun. You know who else is dead? Doctor Strange. So we can make vampires again. Oh, we're, we're long past that, my guy. Uh, also, anyone, even if you can't read, can read the Darkhold. Like, there is a curse on it that lets you understand. That's a good curse. Carnage had some trouble with it, but even he could pull it off. And he is two absolutely insane people mixed into one. So they have one brain cell. No, they've got two and they're at war with each other. <laughs> so they have one. <laughs> So, before we get to the Darkhold, we are going to go back to something we actually talked about way, way, way back when in our very first episode. The Elder God, Cthon. Okay, <laughs> so, billions of years ago, shortly after the formation of the Earth, a being called the Demi-Urge, which may or may not be Billy Kaplan, a.k.a. Wiccan, a.k.a. the Son of the Scarlet Witch. Go listen to our episodes there. We don't have time to get into that one right now. Uh, which was, to, as a reminder, the sentient life form of Earth's biosphere seeds the planet, creating a race of elder gods. 
uh, specifically Cthon, Set, Gaia, and Ashtur. The Elder Gods proliferated across the planet, creating other Elder Gods, but eventually most of them succumbed to demonhood. They all, uh, this comes if I remember, I couldn't find this, but I, I remember when we talked about it way back when, partially because they started eating each other. Weird. <laughs> Who would have thought? And then they went, man, that made me powerful, but now I'm kind of a jerk. Now I'm more hungry. <laughs> During this time, Cthon becomes the very first black magician, at least on Earth, possibly in all of existence. You have your... You I'll keep like listening to see what that entails, but I don't. That doesn't make much sense. What? No, no, please uh, go ahead. And... Uh, the black magic part. If they're elder gods, why does black magic exist? It should just be magic for them, right? They don't really have morals. The morality of magic it's... is always kind of variable. In <laughs> when just... was the last time you heard somebody bring up blue and orange magic? Never. Yeah. That's why <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Blue is from Final Fantasy, and it's. <laughs> The magic where you eat other people's magic and you can kind of poop out your own magic. If or I it's counterspell if you're playing Magic the Gathering. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, or rhetorical. It's not so much a moral thing. Like, for example, early Doctor Strange, he refers to himself as the master of the black arts. Yeah. Not. But don't they have a connotation of being seedy or, like, easily used for abusive things? Isn't that why we... It's easier to corrupt yourself, and you notice that Cthon pretty immediately corrupts himself. But, yeah. I'm sorry, man. We are, at this point, debating the nature of morality, and that's a little <laughs> beyond the scope of this. I know we're a teaching podcast, but... <laughs> Wrong class. But damn. <laughs> Wrong class. Gaia, one of the few who had not been corrupted, decides that, man... Life is brewing in my oceans. I've been working really hard on this. These Elder Gods are just going to eat my boys. We can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> so, she goes to the Demiurge and asks it to come up with a means to vanquish the demons. They're no longer... I mean, they're still Elder Gods, but at this point, they demons. He comes up with the Demigorge. The God Eater. <laughs> yeah. Who starts eating them. It's it's which extremely which what caused the issue in the first place. Um, yes, but the demigorge uh, is not doing other things. He's not trying to gain more power. He's literally just like, he okay, hungry. it's time to great flood this kind of thing, but with more chewing. <laughs> he hungry. Yeah, pretty much. Cthon <laughs> manages to escape the God Eater by creating another dimension known as the Flickering Realms, also known as Clay which is K-apostrophe-L-A-Y. I never know how to pronounce things with that apostrophe. Or the other realm. Did they really just take Relay and change yeah. the R with a K? Pretty much. We like that one, but we can't say that one. Really, yeah. Lovecraft had not entered the public domain yet. <gasps> He's the one. He cheated. <laughs> <laughs> he also creates his brother set's Serpent Sea, which is just neighboring to the... Flickering Realm. Set will come up more in some of our Thor-related stuff, but other than... He doesn't really... Isn't going to factor in further in this. Gaia should come up more in those, too, thanks to some recent mm -hmm. retcons. However, before he leaves, Cthon goes into what is known as the Dark Hold, spelled D-A-R-Q-U-E, and then Hold, just H-O-L-D. It's two <laughs> words. It's a cave. It's a cave that crosses over with Valiant. 
Actually, Master Dark and Cathan would just be buds. I feel yeah, like, I feel like, like yeah. they'd try to kill each other. Don't get me wrong, but they'd be buds daily. Do not have time to kill into God. <laughs> Poor Valiant. <laughs> the Darkhold is, I mean, at the time it was just a cave, but it is in what is these days known as Eastern Trasnia, uh, specifically on Mount Wondergore, which is a very important and very confusing mountain in or location in uh marvel lore which will it's come up a couple of times but it'll come up specifically later on in the episode in the dark hold he writes the dark hold which is a sentence i really hate but there we have it i don't think kathan is very imaginative to be honest with you <laughs> he's kathan he doesn't need to be he inscribes all of his arcane knowledge on scrolls made from indestructible parchment and leaves them behind to serve as a link between him and Earth. Okay. Seems like a bad idea. No, uh, it's a bad idea for anyone on Earth to use these. The idea is it lets him come back, return. Yes, because among other things, he makes a deal. I will not interfere with Earth, but if they invite me, it's free game. Is that how he circumvents God eater. Yeah, the demigorge, I don't know why the demigorge just kind of disappears from the story at this point. I have not figured it out. You have to remember, even from an in-universe perspective, this is stuff that happened billions of years ago. Some of that knowledge might just be lost. I'd imagine it was probably retired forcefully. <laughs> mm-hmm. As a alternate origin, a magician known as the Logomancer theorized that the Darkhold was uh, made from etchings carved on the walls of the city of Riley by ancient and hideous things. I'm loving it. Keep going. What now? Logomancer. <laughs> yes, I've created the McDonald's logo. I was actually <laughs> trying to think about this. Um, Word magician. Yeah, no, not that, yeah, but oh. yes, that. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this being like, how do they explain this super out of nowhere, like, different origin story that doesn't line up with anything else they're doing. But again, this is billions of years old information. It kind of makes sense. I mean, just think about the number of theories we have about ancient Egypt. And there's always someone who has a really well-researched but super out of left field theory about something of ancient history, even ignoring the weird, it was aliens, people. I have a super dumbed down what happened to the Demogorge. Oh, thank you. Um, the Demogorge was Atom. Oh, that's right. Atom of the uh, Egyptian gods. Right. And when Cathan found that loophole to keep doing what Cathan does, Atom ate all the other old ones that became demons. Except and so Gaia said, uh, all of the, like, the original four all stick around and all the nameless other ones bounce. Right. Well, they were arguably not corrupted at the time, and he was supposed to just eat the corrupted ones. Oh, okay. And then when he's done, he flew into the sun and was rebirthed as Ra. Good for him. And that's what happened to the Demogorge. <laughs> he got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout history, Cathan starts granting power to Darkhold users who forfeit their souls in return. Cathan will later lead a faction of evil gods in a war against another group, his side was defeated and banished from Earth and to the other realm by their opponents. So that was an early attempt for him to... From this point on, he's a lot like Dormammu. 
He just desperately wants to take over the earthly realm. Mm. In his case, because he really thinks he's the rightful ruler, as opposed to Dormammu, where it's the one realm that, like, turned him away. Mm. Over the centuries, humans will find the scrolls and other writings left by Cthon, and will eventually bound them to, together into a single volume, the true Darkhold. This will be a, uh, copied and adapted and yada 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 over the years. There is the true Darkhold, and then there is a bunch of other Darkholds, which they eventually had to come up with because they destroyed the Darkhold like six times throughout Marvel history. It's time to just finally admit that, like, Oh, no, the printing press exists, yeah. Uh, he also creates a bunch of monsters, and I'm just going to list them off here because none of them are that important, but they have some fun names. The Nagari, the Ape Men, the Ape Lords, which are different things. The Man Bats of Urzanar, the Harpies, the Goblins, the Wolfmen of Lucia, the Wolf Lords of. The Wolf Lords. Garmer the Hellhound. Lycion, Bloodhound, Guaco the Night Beast, and Varkolak the Wolf Demon. I'm already noticing they're throwing some really fun references in there, but and you are as a, I was curious about this because you are the Lovecraft fan, and I'm not just Lovecraft. Not, like they're but... doing all sorts of like horror mm-hmm. and like folklore references and stuff. Um, for a different show, maybe go track down our old uh, pulp episode on general nerdery and it's old enough that I don't know if you should or not to be honest with you but where we discuss some Robert Howard and H.P. Lovecraft and Clark Aston Smith the good ones uh, I mean we picked the big three but which will tie into a lot of similar things that happened here uh, oh also he created the first who crawled out of the mud that sounds uh, like some Dark Souls <laughs> the broodlings of Cthon and the Night Gaunts Okay, Night Gaunts is Lovecraft. Yep. Rudlings of Cthon is a almost for sure a reference to the Star Children of Cthulhu. Or the Star Spawn of Cthulhu. Uh, as well as the Darkhold. So the Darkhold he wrote in scrolls. They were later transferred to stone, and then later transferred again to other scrolls, which are known as the Cthon scrolls, which are s- slightly different than the Darkhold. It's not explained how... I'm going to go with probably a uh, lesser version, maybe an incomplete Darkhold. Humans first find the Darkhold during the pre-cataclysmic era, when the lands of Atlantis and Lemuria were still above the waves. Now, this is directly Robert Her... Robert E. Howard. Robert E. Howard. I tried to say Robert Herbert, just mixing <laughs> my favorite creators together. Robert E. Howard... Call of Atlantis and Conan the Barbarian stories. Uh, As we have mentioned before, those stories technically are a part of Marvel canon, although they drift in and out because Marvel got had the Conan license. Marvel is why Conan is famous. Mm. Then Marvel lost the Conan license, and then Marvel got the Conan license, and like a month ago, they just lost it again. That said, coming up in the future, we will still devote a couple of episodes to Marvel Robert E. Howard stuff, because... One, is freaking cool, and two, it's got deep, deep ties to Marvel. But the pre-cataclysmic era is roughly estimated to be 30 to 50,000 years ago, I believe. Don't quote me on that because it's been a while since I read this. The idea of this is that civilization will rise and fall and rise and fall. Uh, Civilization rise, 
uh, Cole of Atlantis becomes the greatest king of the era, and then in the Great Cataclysm, um, Atlantis sinks into the ocean, everything falls. It's unclear if that Atlantis is the same as Namor's Atlantis, but Atlantis. Okay. This leads into the Hyperborean Age, which is the era of Conan, and then falls again, and then when that rises, it rises into uh, the era of history that we are able to track down. Gotcha. When the warrior king Kull slays the dark sorcerer Thulsa Doom, Doom's followers, the Darkholders, utilize a spell contained in the Darkhold to create the first vampire, Varney. Now, real quick, what now? Varney the vampire. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's a pre-Dracula Penny Dreadful. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for this. This is, this is what <laughs> I was really curious going into this area, actually, because you do know... I know Marvel horror mm-hmm. decently, but you know horror really well. So you're catching stuff that I wouldn't have gotten. Like, it's pronounced Varney. Oh, no, no, no. Varney. It's Varney. Oh, but it's... Varney the Vampire. It's a reference to Varney the Vampire. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I sound annoyed when you guys keep laughing. But it really, like, I just... What did I miss this time? <laughs> this is just candy now, <laughs> for us. I should note during this time, I am... Unsure if Thulsa Doom's followers were already calling themselves the Darkholders or if he had a copy of the Darkhold or if they were like, oh, God, Thulsa's dead. What do we do? <laughs> oh, no. Hey, look, the Darkhold. That's a Guess guy. we're following that. No, that would makes think, us Darkholders. <laughs> you would think that the Darkholders with a dumb but admittedly kind of cool name in a like 80s, 90s kind of way would have a much, that you know, having been a secret society for 50,000 years, 30, even if it's just 10,000 years, which is well into the Hyperborean period, you would think that they would have a much bigger part to do with this story. We're going to mention them about twice more, and once is when they look like stupid ninjas from uh, that Rise of the Midnight Suns crossover. Oh, that we yeah. Read. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the dork holders. Yep. But... They use the... They created vampires, and literally most of the time they see them, it's an afterthought, and then they get murdered. Yeah. They create the first vampire, Varney. Varney had been mortally wounded in battle with Kull. Varney then consumes one of the Darkholders who attempts to command him and begins creating other vampires. Some surviving Darkholders manage to make off with the Darkhold before Atlantis sinks. Uh, when Atlantis sinks, Varney goes into hibernation and will not revive again until circa 10,000 BC. Varney will come up again in our vampire episodes. I'm not 100% sure how much, but, you know, he's the first vampire. We go and be talking about him a little bit. That's her. During the Hyborian Age, Varney finds some parchments of the Darkhold has been left behind in the flaming mountains of Korasha. God, I love Robert E. Howard so much. I know it's not him writing that, but just the whole... Feel. And he attempts to recover them. In an altercation with both Conan and Red Sonia, as well as the sorcerer Zula, Varney controls the bat-like humanoids, the Afterlings. Zula uses the Darkhold against Varney, casting an incomplete incantation, which shocks him. Zula apologizes, explaining that the spell as written was incomplete. Quote, I'm sorry the incantation ended where it did, and only hurt Lord Varney rather than destroying him. The spell appears to Zula in Stygian, and the words here, and God, this is going to be bad, but I'm going to give it a shot anyways. Shemek aref winek, thjen inek it ek kathon, dejdeni em mat, wenen tai helmet, hemet, not helmet, ank ek 
Ishiset, Antiju, Dejte Nesep, Iri, Nen Renek, Unku, Wiem, Valka. Valka is, I believe, one of the gods of that era, and uh, Stygian is supposed to be one of the predecessors of Egypt. Because he really wanted to do ancient Egyptian dark sorcerers, but didn't want to actually be factually accurate with That's things. Fair. Also, good job. It's kind of Conan's whole thing, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Robert E. Howard's like, I want to write history, but I don't have to actually want to be correct. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Hyperborean Age! <laughs> Zula will then use the Darkhold against the Set-worshipping sorcerer Thugra Kotan. I am not sure if this, if Set in this is supposed to be the same Elder God who is Kathan's brother, or if this is a different god named Set. Gotcha. Because there have been multiple gods named Set, including a real one in ancient Egypt. I will have a better answer for that by the time we get to things actually involving Set. Sure. I think... So, the the whole Demogorge thing, Set and Cathan were the two to escape. Okay. Because they both fled to other dimensions, and so technically... It was like, cool, they're not in this dimension. I don't not have to my eat problem. <laughs> I do know they make a peace agreement of like, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. we leave Earth alone. Unless we're invited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zula will then go on to have repeated adventures with Red Sonia, the she-devil with a sword. That's awesome. <laughs> Historians in the Vatican would note that at some point during the Hyperborean Age, the Hyborian Age, I keep doing that wrong, Hyperborean is Clark Aston Smith, Hyborian is Robert E. Howard. Yes. And I'm kind of mad at both of them for that. It's <laughs> not confusing at all. Uh, but during that time, the Cathan Scrolls are taken east, uh, taken to what would eventually become Tibet. We're going to jump forward now, like 4,000 years, to the Age of Antiquity. A pre-Babylonian tomb was carved with hieroglyphic depictions of the Darkhold sources. The scrolls, apart from the one with the vampire-destroying spell, will eventually be passed on to the likes of Babylonian savants, Egyptian priests, and Hebrew scholars. And this is where the Darkhold starts proliferating. Is that where... where Are they referencing the Dead Sea Scrolls, then, as a copy of the Darkhold? Is that what's going on? Possibly. I mean, there were a lot of scrolls back then. But yes, that I mean, I could see that being an inspiration. It's a lot of scrolls, but were there a lot of scrolls as well? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I've never seen anything of scrolls that far back, but they would have been well into the Kree Scroll War by that point, so maybe. Scrolls with scrolls? Oh my god. Scrolls with scrolls with scrolls? <laughs> Moving on, at some point, Mephisto imprisons a demon called Dark Love into a page of the Darkhold. We will now <laughs> never mention this again. I just think it's funny that there was a demon who thought Dark Love was intimidating. <laughs> During the 6th century AD, Morgan Le Fay binds the scrolls into a book for the first time as the Darkhold. Of course because she does. up to this point, it had just been scrolls. Books as we think of them are actually a relatively recent creation in the scale of human history. Mm-hmm. It also comes to be known as the Shiatra Book of the Damned and the Book of Sins. Morgan and the Darkholders attempt to use the Darkhold to summon Cathan to do their bidding, but immediately realize that maybe... Trying to tell an elder god what to do is a bad plan. Weird. Although unable to send him back to his realm, Morgan does manage to imprison Cathan's spirit underneath Mount Wondagore. 
Morgan's lover Magnus, having witnessed true evil, betrays Morgan and steals the Darkhold, sealing within the Tower of the Darkhold, which is a little on the nose if you're trying to seal something away and hide it. Yeah. I guess it was a very like, look at this, you can't come in. <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> uh, on the Isle of Wright. White. Isle of Wight. I cannot read my own notes today, and they're <laughs> typed out. <laughs> Magnus enchants the tower so that no one with evil intentions might enter, thinking, this is going to go great. No. It immediately does not go great. The various wikis are like, then, in the era of King Arthur, but we were just talking about Morgan Le Fay, so, like, all of this is during the era of King Arthur. So like yeah, it's later. like the next week. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like... Six days later. <laughs> a well-meaning mystic named Mordred, who will just be known as Mordred the, Myst- Mordred the Mystic for the rest of time. Also, it should be noted, this is a different Mordred than Arthur's piece of crap son. Well, because it's not Mordred. It's Modred. Modred? I have been reading that wrong for 25 years now. <laughs> Modred the Mystic. I don't like that. I don't either. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do not either. But it is, in fact, Modred the Mystic. Huh. Not very To delicious. distinguish him you from are, You are 100% correct. I thought they were just being weird. <laughs> For you. Literally, I have been putting an R. I would have bet money. This is some uh, uh, Berenstein Bears stuff going on right now. <laughs> Steenstein. <laughs> Constantine Constantine Potato potato Anyways Modred Is hoping to use the Darkhold As a force of good The other Cathan's avatar on Earth Who I cannot find anything on the other Anytime I click a link of like Who is the other It either is a Spider-Man character Who's completely unrelated Or it just takes me straight to Cathan So it's pretty much just Cathan Talking through an avatar from what I can tell. That's fair. Demands that he sacrifice his soul in exchange for the power he seeks. Modred initially resists, believing that, you know, that would turn out badly, obviously, but and that there would be other ways to attain the Darkhold powers. But he relents when the other begins to attack his bride-to-be, Janice. Janice is one of those names that feels extremely, like, out of time when you put it in the 6th century, but it might be... One that actually is appropriate. It's like the Tiffany problem. Yes, it's the Tiffany problem. I don't actually know because, I mean, this was written in the 70s. They might just be like, uh, Janice. That's a name in the yellow books. Modred and Janice. (laughs) Having sacrificed his soul, Modred is placed into a centuries-long death-like slumber. Later, St. Brendan is dispatched by the church to fight against the evil inadvertently unleashed from the Darkhold. He will later scatter the Darkhold pages throughout the world. That seems like a terrible idea. Well, it's kind of the idea of I can't destroy it, but I can at least make sure that, you know... The whole thing is at one spot. Yeah. But then you have I can just create vampires, but not werewolves now. Like, I can just... <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying if you can only do one, you're better or worse off than if you can do both. That's fair. <laughs> uh, around this time, the Necronomicon is created, and it is directly patterned after the Darkhold by... Abdul Al-Zarad, the, what is the, the mad Arab. Yep. He's everywhere. I mean, he is. Yeah. 
In the 12th century, 1149 specifically, a heretical monk named Aelfric has recollected all of the pages of the Darkhold. The monk is burnt at the stake and the Darkhold with him. However, the Darkhold reforms itself and is purchased by a traitor who's then immediately murdered. Who, who goes up to the dead body after it's been burnt and like, hey, a book! <laughs> who collects Sell Nazi it. paraphernalia? It still happens. But you mm-hmm. don't... You don't find it next Actually, to a no, burnt no. dead corpse. This is a real... It's <laughs> wow. Nazi paraphernalia. It might be. Uh, might be. Uh, <laughs> but this is a real thing. I mean, people would, like, after watching someone get burned at the stake, they would swarm the place to try to find, like, bone fragments to keep. On the scale of stuff, people are freaks. I'm the psychologist here, and I'm not a lot <laughs> for words. <laughs> In 1150, Paolo Montesai... Montesai will become a pretty big name at this going forward... Mm-hmm binds many of the Cathan scrolls into the Book of Sins. His family is the family whose heirs rediscover the spell in the Darkhold by which vampires might be destroyed, which is why it is known as the Montesai formula in their honor. The Vatican then gives them permission, Montesai family permission, to heir children, which is extremely unusual for, you know, Vatican priests mm-hmm. in the because their family is directly connected to the Darkhold and they need someone to take care of it when Darkhold is going to do Darkhold oh, things. This is the is this the family that we saw when we yes they will come up later with their greatest member ever Victoria Montesai. In the 1600s, the Vatican comes to possess the Darkhold. Uh, Dracula sends a thief to acquire it for him, but Cagliostro slays the thief and takes it for himself. So at some point, the vampire Lord Ruthven may have come to possess the Darkhold. Okay. Okay. Ruthven's a... I, I know it's a thing. I yeah. don't actually know what it is, so on that one, but here we are. I don't know all the details, but Ruthven's a reference. <laughs> In the modern times, the High Evolutionary, a man whose first name is Herbert, but I cannot remember his next one. Evolutionary. <laughs> yes, hello, I am Herbert, Herbert evolutionary. evolutionary. It's Windham, but still. Um, builds a citadel on Mount Wondegore where he has decided to use mad science to advance human evolution, hence high evolutionary. Mm -hmm. Nothing good will ever come from this, but Spider-Man villain the Jackal will spend a few years with him where he learns the secrets of cloning. And talking cows. And talking cows. (laughs) Because the high evolution is going to come up in a second. Uh, His associate, Jonathan Drew, who is the father of Jessica Drew, the first Spider-Woman, will be possessed by the spirit of Magnus, Morgan Le Fay's old... Wikipedia says old disciple, but old bang buddy, I think, is a little more accurate based off things we've been reading earlier. <laughs> she probably has a lot of those. She's Morgan Le Fay, man. She gets to have them if she wants to. I guess. Including Doctor Doom, possibly, but not important to this. Or his robot. <laughs> probably that's a thing. Anyways, Jonathan Drew is possessed by Magnus and is warned of the threat of Cthon. Uh, in response, the High Evolutionary evolves his new men from animals. They be, just become animal people, which includes Bova, the cow lady. Woo! We got to her. The High Evolutionary trains them with a code of honor like the Knights of Old, which prepares them to face Cthon should he ever arise. Uh, should he ever arise. He then immediately arises, and Magnus and the Knights of Wondegar drive Cthon back into his mountain slumber. Then I believe the ghost of Magnus just dips. Before he leaves, however, Cthon, uh, Cthon reaches out and touches an infant girl being born on Wundagore, marking her as a potential vessel for the future. This woman is... Scarlet Witch. The Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, though not at this point called Maximoff. Maria Rusoff and Margali Cesardos, we've talked about Margali before, 
uh, seek to enlist Wanda into their group when they begin sensing the presence of the... I'm going to go with Romani Queen's Coven because that name has aged poorly. Uh, I want to interject real quick just to back up to something from like five minutes ago. It's no wonder you couldn't find what the other is. I just read that issue while we were sitting here. Oh, it's like one issue? It's a disembodied voice that he just hears. Interesting. There's like there's like a kind of like billowing smoke that enters the room first. Okay. But by the time he actually hears something, there's not even that. It's it's literally just a disembodied voice talking to him. I'm gonna put in a headcanon that I desperately want to be true that's not. The smoke that's appearing is just a dark holder in the back desperately vaping. <laughs> well, here's, the, here's the other thing though, like the the shortened version we kind of read through when you're looking at it it's like he wanted to use it for good and he kind of did but as soon as he goes into the tower he's just like man i'm gonna do this and not even merlin's gonna be able to like take me on he's gonna tremble at my name and that's why things go wrong (laughs) because he's immediately like may everybody tremble before me and you're like no i'm going to do things for good Wow, evil rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Moe Dread is kind of a Mo Ron, if we're being honest yeah. here. Um, <laughs> anyways, Maria Rusoff and Margali Cesardo uh, enli- try- attempt to enlist Wanda, who's about four at this age, when they sense the presence of the, we'll call Romani Queen, and Taboo, a sorcerer who will come up more later. Mostly in our Werewolf by Night episode. Uh, under the directions of Cthon, they use uh, the the Romani Queen of Taboo. They use a copy of the Darkhold to prevent Wanda from coming under the influence of Set. Taboo enlists the help of Dumbala to fight against the Coven. While they hmm. uh, while they battle, Wanda's powers emerge for the first time, which allows Cthon to pass across the dimensional barriers and banish both the Romani Queen's Serpent Crown and Dumbala in order to prevent Set from reestablishing his influence. Before retreating, he told the people involved that they would bear children of the occult. Also, he tells them to leave Wanda alone because Wanda is yes. We covered this a little bit in our Wanda episode. If that last paragraph didn't make much sense to you, go listen to our paragraph about it in the Wanda episode in the hopes that combined they might create a full story. Modred resurfaces in the modern era, awakened from his long sleep, but he continues to resist the influence of the other. Basically being like, I've lost my soul. You should do evil. I should, but what if I don't? (laughs) And then he immediately succumbs to Cathan's influence. He captures the Scarlet Witch and performs the ritual allowing Cathan to use her as his vessel on Earth. Wanda, as Cathan, opposes the Avengers when they arrive to help her and imprison them in a mystical circle that would summon Cathan fully to Earth. You know, his whole big thing. However, Beast mostly known as a member of the X-Men, but at the time an Avenger, arrives, dresses one of Cathan's old nemesises from the Knights of Wondergore to distract him, and seizes the Darkhold before the ritual is complete. Okay. Django Maximov crafts a doll in Wanda's image, using wood from Wondergore's uh, from Wondergore imbued with some of Cathan's own power, and it acted as a conduit for Wanda's soul. She regains her body while Cathan was trapped in the doll. Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch then bury the doll in an avalanche, leaving Cathan in his dimension once more. Now, his ability to do weird soul dolls does not turn out well for anyone, uh, again, tracing back to our Scarlet Witch episode. 
Chthon, kind of like Mephisto, has several plans working at once to ensure his rebirth. Among others, in this one we actually have to go back in time a little bit. Like, the timeline gets wonky here because, mm. again, we're researching from, like, six different things. Vittorio Montesai, the latest in the long line of Montesai priests employed by the Vatican to guard against the rise of Chthon and the influence of the Darkhold. However, Vittorio is sterile. Him shooting blanks. But he needs a child mm -hmm. to continue the line to battle the Darkhold and Chthon. But unable to bear a child to battle Chthon, who do you think he goes to to battle a, uh, to bear a child? Wanda? Morgan Le Fay. Chthon. <laughs> In a, a conversation that can only imagine is, yo, what up? You want something to do? Well, then help me bear a kid. And then you can kill the kid. <laughs> Maybe. That's going to be the goal. Why would you ask the guy you're trying to kill? He uses the dark hole to impregnate his wife, which is a really weird sentence. <laughs> like it a does make it sound. <laughs> I was gonna say it does make it sound like an active involvement. Don't worry, honey. I'm just gonna read out of this book. It'll be fine. Just <laughs> he opens it. Just put that our intro to this episode on repeat while going at it and see what happens. Like I'm sure it gets the. Actually, there's people that that might put the mood in right. That, if we're being honest, like that would probably be the scene for Rosemary's. <laughs> Uh, however, this backfires mostly because Vittorio is a giant misogynist because his child, his fabled son that he uses the Darkhold, is not only a son, it's a daughter, but a lesbian. Vittorio is convinced that Cathan and the Darkhold did this against him specifically to, to challenge and ruin him, and it turns out Vittorio is just a bigot, and Cathan's uh, just like... <laughs> Church nah, bro. Church things. Look, man, I'm evil, but I don't got any problem with the LGBTQ community. That's on you. That's on That's you. On you. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it is. Look, in a couple of years, I'm going to possess the Scarlet Witch and have a lady body. That's fine. Don't be a bigot, Vittorio. Plus, look, if anybody's going to try to prank you, it's going to be Mephisto. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> During a fight against Spider-Woman, Viper casts her through a portal to Cathan's dimension, where he began transforming her into a demon. Spider-Woman tries to escape, but Cathan already took control of her limbs. However, she's then immediately saved by Viper, despite the pleading of Cathan. We should mention here, Viper, one of the heads of Hydra, is absolutely insane. And she spends equal times trying to murder Jessica Drew and thinking she is Jessica Drew's mother. I don't know if she actually is or not. It's not that important. The important part is she's kind of like evil Nick Fury with green hair. Okay. okay. Oh, and yeah, her. Okay. Massive bipolar issues. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being bipolar, but don't spend your time either trying to murder or mother a superhero. Like, that's just not a good time. See, I thought the important part was that Jessica Drew has had some fire spider woman outfits but. oh jessica drew tends to have the best spider or the best outfits mm -hmm. that's all i had no you're fine uh this is gonna bring us back to victoria vicky montesai who uh, and the darkhold redeemers now montesai is actually really important in marvel history like outside of the comics even though no one knows about it, she's the first lesbian character to headline a book in marvel comics oh, that's mm. still rare 
She did it in 1990-whatever-year Rises of the Midnight Suns came out. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Uh, she's not the first queer character in Marvel. North Star from Alpha Flight beat her by a couple of... Not many years, but by a couple of years. But he never headlined his own book and was quickly written out and not talked about for another few years after that. It was the early 90s. Things were grim. Victoria... Not Vittorio, Victoria, grows up in Italy unaware of her true nature, that being, you know, the child of Cthon. She rejects her uh, father's teachings about the church and the Darkhold, thinking he's insane, while in turn he rejects her for being a woman and a lesbian, which I guess kind of goes hand in hand to being a woman and a lesbian. <laughs> Unfit in his eyes to carry on the Montessai name, Vicky becomes a doctor, but faces further discrimination for being a mongrel with an American mother, because it turns out, uh, uh, there's a lot of reasons to be to people. Yeah. And they're all bad. Humans are good at that. Assassins sent by Lilith, the mother of demons, uh, attempt to kill her, for Victoria is one of the fated nine who would oppose Lilith. We covered this back in our Rise of the Midnight Suns. Victoria's lover, Nash Salvato, is seriously injured in a bomb blast meant to kill Victoria, leaving her paralyzed for life. After her own injuries, Vicky finds out that she experiences visions of the Darkhold whenever its pages are being used. Realizing her father's teachings are actually true, even if he's a giant jerk, she decides to oppose the Darkhold, teaming up with the other Darkhold Redeemers, a.k.a. Professor Louise Hastings and bodyguard Sam Buchanan of... Uh, Buchanan, sorry, <laughs> of Interpol. Mm -hmm. They are further assisted by Modred the Mystic during his periods of clarity, where he spends a lot of time wearing a leather jacket and leather pants because it's the early 90s. Uh, however, they don't trust him because his self-centered goals and his being super untrustworthy because he's Modred. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. kind of his whole shtick. Victoria eventually realizes that her true origins as a daughter of C'thon... Uh, worse still, when Lilith and her Lilin attack, Victoria suddenly realizes that she's pregnant. Doctor Strange deduced that this was part of Cathan's plan all along to be reborn on Earth. Oh. Strange places Victoria in stasis in order to prevent her pregnancy from coming to full term. So she is both the daughter and mother of Cathan. Cathan is a creep. I mean, he is Cathan. He's Cathan. He's a flesh boy. Now, a bunch of stuff happened during this time, including, sadly, Louise Hastings uh, dying and being replaced by her son, grandson, who has a crush on Vicky, which doesn't really turn out because the whole lesbian right thing. <laughs> uh, she will eventually succumb to, and this is the part that I missed that I really should have mentioned, they are tracing down a creature only known as the Darkhold Dwarf. Okay. Which oh. even he admits is a little problematic, but <laughs> he's a centuries-old black magic creature that takes pages of the Book of Sin and gives them to people to it's make weird things happen. the little Chucky doll we saw. Yes, that's the little <laughs> Chucky doll. Good Lord, Mac. <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> she uh, succumbs when he's, she is able to use a page of the Darkhold to bring Nash, not back to life, but back out of her paralysis, He's not a reference to Chucky. He's actually a reference to, uh, what are those Canadian... You know, I was actually meaning to ask Goosebumps. about this. No, probably older. Because there's that doll in Goosebumps. The Darkhold Dwarf is not an actual doll. It's no, a that's little what he, guy. He, he looks like that doll. But what I was going to ask, what is it with um, creepy little people 
in horror? Like, is there an actual origin to that, or is it just problematic tropes? I mean, it kind of depends on how it's done. Uh, there's a lot of times it's just done as a reference to Phantasm, which is weird and hard to dis- hard to explain. The, the bad guy in Phantasm oh. kills people and reuses their bodies and basically turns them into Jawas and sends them as slave labor back to his extra-dimensional home planet. It's a weird one. Okay. <laughs> I haven't talked about that. Other than the, uh, but otherwise, they, it tends to be references more to, like, uh-huh. just mannequins and dress-up dolls and stuff, because those are creepy. It's like the Uncanny Valley effect. Mm. Yeah. Victoria will eventually be convinced to undo the magic that she used with the Darkhold... Uh, Nash, I believe, dies at that point, and she goes back to battling. Also, during this time, Modred is offered a chance to gain his soul back at the expense of a innocent in Europe. Okay. He agrees, because he's a bad person without a soul. However, he finds out that uh, it turns out that the person who stole was uh, stolen was his wife, from way back when? Oops. I wasn't... I haven't been able to find the track down these issues yet, so I wasn't sure if this is a... She was still alive or reincarnated. I believe still alive. Because he eventually trades back, and she immediately dies of old age. <laughs> but, with a soul, which is going better than this is how it was going before. Yeah. We, at this point... Are going to skip forward a lot because Darkhold and Cathan weren't heavily used for uh, about five to ten years in the comic world. Skipping forward to Dark Reign, which is a, a specific era that's not important, but it's shortly after the Marvel Civil War. Cathan resurfaces and kills the new men at Mount Wondagore. With no Doctor Strange to counter the new threat, uh, and knowing about Cathan's activities... Loki disguises himself as the Scarlet Witch, who at the time was missing and insane and missing. That happens a lot. Yeah, that's one. Uh, she had said no more mutants disappeared. Doom took her. Mm. Yada, yada, yada. Loki appears as the fake Scarlet Witch during this time. Uh, he helps reform the mighty Avengers to combat him. However, Mordred successfully summons Cathan into the body of Quicksilver, and Cathan arrives, claiming that this reality would fall before him in the blink of an eye. Actually, Cathan with the body of a super speedster is not a good thing. And the brother of... Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah. That actually matters less than I can say spells real fast now. Also, I can be real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Using Quicksilver's powers, Cathan alters the effects of the Chaos Cascade caused by Mordred, reading the Darkhold to whatever he desires. But the Mighty Avengers defeat him using teamwork. That's a paragraph straight from the thing. It's just funny enough that I wanted to use it. Ant, the, how they defeat him is Ant-Man uses his ants to scramble Quicksilver's nerve signals, rendering him unable to remember any spells. After a goading from Wanda, Loki, about the destruction of his world, Bruce Banner transforms into the Hulk and pounds Cathan-possessed Quicksilver, 
while Hank Pym speaks encouraging words to those present, reducing their belief in the Elder God's strength, weakening them further. Though Cthon manages to blast the Hulk off, his host body was severely damaged by being punched repeatedly in the face by the Hulk He's He's and is now unable to contain his power. So he leaves Quicksilver's body and entered Mordred's body. But at the same time, Vision reads one of the spells from the Darkhold, imprisoning the Elder God within the tome, thereby averting the threats. Interesting. Following the release of the Serpent, who is uh, Odin's older brother, which will come up, Cthon attends the Devil's Advocacy along with many other demons. Basically, it's a gathering of all demons being like, the serpent showed up again. Do we have to do something about this? Like, he will kill us after he kills Odin. <laughs> like, with no hesitation. But they don't really decide to do anything because they, none of them trust each other enough to work together. Weird. No, that makes sense. A new group of the Darkholders, who suddenly remember they exist attempt to enact a ritual to resurrect Cthon using the symbiote-empowered serial killer, Carnage. Because there's a prophecy of a Red Slayer, and they decide that Carnage fits that pretty good. I mean, he does. When the Red Slayer spills blood on the sacred stone, he who sleeps shall wake, and what, wa uh, and what walked once will walk again. The Darkholders attempt to sacrifice Carnage, uh, but this backfires and infuses him with the Darkhold's eldritch power, compelling him to journey to a secret island in the Timur Sea, where he, the Temple of C'thon has been built and guarded by the broodlings of C'thon. During this time, Victoria Montesai returns and is tracking him down, having joined a different Order of the Midnight Suns. Okay. This Order of the Midnight Suns is significantly less impressive than the one that we've dealt with before, uh, and are mostly just exist to take out the Darkholders. Yeah, that's Which funny. either means they don't do much because the Darkholders are really pathetic, or maybe the Darkholders are way more impressive than we thought, and these guys are just super busy, and that's why we think they're pathetic. <laughs> Carnage is able to awaken C'thon, who manifests as a blue-skinned eldritch monster, and begins devouring the broodlings present. Carnage demands to be rewarded, and C'thon casually swats him aside and begins summoning the other evil gods. However... He is confronted by Jubilee Van Scotter, who uses the combined power of her own Darkholded Augmented Symbiote, uh, the Raze Symbiote, and the Toxin Symbiote to face him in combat and ultimately banish him. This was a weird period where they decided what would be really sick as hell would be to mix the Symbiotes with Dark Magic. They're not 100% wrong. I don't care for the books, but... It's a cool idea. They were, like, they would have looked really good painted on the side of a man. During the Secret Empire, where uh, the, I think it's the Red Skull, uses a cosmic cube to turn Captain America into a Hydra sleeper agent, Cthon possesses the Scarlet Witch and joins the evil Hydra Avengers, and Baron Zemo uses the Darkhold to force one of the Dark, I think, Dark Light? Might be Dark. One of the Blackout. Dark, blackout, thank you one of the pathetic dark-based villains into creating a dark force bubble surrounding all of New York City, keeping it away from the other superheroes. Wanda is freed from Cthon's possession by Doctor Strange and uh, joins in the battle against Hydra. Eventually, Doctor Doom finds the true Darkhold, which is written in the original Darkhold Scrolls, from the flesh of an elder god. Presumably not C'thon himself, presumably one of C'thon's snacks. It was uh, hidden in the underground 
Colony of Abysmia by Dr. Doom and his former fiance Victorious. The reading of the true Darkhold awakens Cthon and opens a realm between the Other Realm and the Earth. Now, real quick, because we'll never bring it up again, but I think it's funny, Abysmia is a very strange thing from the golden age of comics that people decided to bring back for reasons no one understands. Probably referencing the original Roanoke colonies, Abysmia is a underground civilization that is uh, created by the first white settlers in America. But they managed to become centuries more advanced than the rest of civilization, being kind of late 20th century by the time World War II rolls around. Their hero, who I believe is named Rockman, is a uh, battles in World War II against the Nazi powers. It mm -hmm. is later destroyed in unknown circumstances and uh, might have something to do with the true Darkhold being found there. Interesting. The current retcons indicate it might not have ever existed as depicted as in the Golden Age. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, at but one point... But something is, was there because they found this under the ruins. Yes. So. If you want to read some of that, read... Um, Twelve? Yes. Read The Twelve, which is a very interesting book using Golden Age superheroes. It's not super important to this, but it was pretty cool. The Scarlet Witch shows up attempting to help Doctor Doom, even though she really hates Doctor Doom, probably more than anyone short of Reed Richards does. Yeah. And is convinced to gather the next gen what's supposed to be the next generation of Darkhold Redeemers or Darkhold Defenders. And she gathers uh, Iron Man, Blade, the Wasp, Black Bolt, and Spider-Man and has them read a page of the true Darkhold in an attempt to temper them with madness so they can enter the other realm without going insane. Instead, they read too much of the Darkhold, go absolutely insane, and become the Darkhold Defilers, if I remember correctly. This is what we read. She sends them into the other realm anyways because evil Spider-Man can do a lot of damage. Yeah. She then purifies them, merges the true Darkhold with herself, trapping Cthon within her form, but without him possessing her, and manages to escape. She does, however, warn that if she dies, Cthon will be immediately released. However, she may have forgotten this fact because less than a year later, she dies, dies. in a plot that she helps engineer herself in uh, the Trial of Magneto event. But she came back, so I don't know if Cthon was like, I'm free, aw, crap. Or <laughs> if she's like, it'll be fine. Whatever, he's been freed before. Whatever. What? In a similar to Mephisto being, being like, we can't let Mephisto take hell over. Oh, man, Lilith is going to do it. Um, sure, Mephisto, whatever. <laughs> you do it, Mephisto. We don't actually seem to be stopping you from doing whatever you want, so may as well. You know, though, the devil you know. Similarly, that is the history of Cthon, Modred, the Darkhold, and I guess the Darkholders? Yeah. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about this week's reading, also known as the Darkhold. So, what we read here is a, uh, I mean, it's technically the Darkhold, or just Darkhold. It is a little different, I believe, than anything else that we have done before like as it's designed because we've done crossover books before but this isn't your normal crossover of like four and five and this blah 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 it's Darkhold Alpha which sets up the story Darkhold Blade, Darkhold Black Bolt, Darkhold Yada Yada 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Darkhold Omega to finish the story. To be honest, without insulting any of the stuff, because all the creators were good and every story was pretty well made, I did not care about any of the middle stories. I just wanted a miniseries from Steve Orlando, who wrote the Alpha and Omega, and is he wrote uh, that Midnighter series we did right. forever ago on General Nerdery. I just wanted him to write a miniseries about Scarlet Witch punching Cthon in the head repeatedly. See, I had the opposite. I didn't give a flying photogen about Alpha or Omega, but all those middle stories I loved. The only thing I didn't like was how they didn't explain. I wished that it wasn't just an alternate scenario that they had to live through thanks to reading the page. I thought I wished it was going to explain why the way the Darkhold Defilers look the way they do, which none of them do. No. The Iron Blades Man one Dar- gets closest. Blade's Darkhold Defiler look is really bad, by yes, the way. Yes, I agree. It's really bad. Blade but- good. Darkhold Def- Oh, man, we didn't bring it up in here because I'm saving it for the Blade episode. At one point, Blade goes evil and is mm. known as Switchblade. <laughs> almost spit take. <laughs> uh, no, his... The Defiler look was real bad. He I did. Like he wanted really to be like a saber-toothed tiger. I think his story was the best of them. Mac, what did you think? Because we have opposite opinions on this book, apparently. I liked the entire thing, but none of it. <laughs> <laughs> Mac is like straight in the middle. Let's do this. <laughs> I uh, liked the entire thing, although I didn't get the ins- insane. I'm air quoting because you can't see feeling uh, from it. Like I would have wanted to. That's kind of a hard one to. I mean, there's there's books that do it like. House of Leaves does it really well when you read it. You feel like you're reading something you shouldn't be, and you feel like mm-hmm. you're losing sanity while doing it. And this book gives you emotions, but not that emotion. <laughs> it gives you other emotions that aren't fun to have. No, it's just kind of sad. Uh, but I liked it. I liked the different horrors they went into. They went into like psychological horror, body horror, uh, just all of it. And then you have the actual story with Scarlet Witch, who's still one of my favorite characters. And I like how it ends. And it wrapped up pretty nicely at the end couple of things one i actually do want to give credit to the artist of alpha and omega because i thought he uh cn tormi who absolutely i thought killed it throughout the whole thing i really enjoyed his work one scarlet witch love seeing her be girl boss is cliche but you know (laughs) no longer oh pietro what do i do and two Doom might be my favorite Marvel supervillain. Top three in the absolute worst case scenario. He's such a self-sabotaging photogen <laughs> the whole time. What a photogen. <laughs> we'll probably forget about it by next episode, but maybe we should just keep photogen as our yeah. swear word for this podcast from now on. Doesn't it mean sleep? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> what did you say it means? Sleep. We're sleeping. He's asleep. <laughs> He's a, what a sleep. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. Anyway, yeah, it's funny though. I love yeah. Photogen. Um, Yeah, I agree. I will say maybe even though I, for me, the weakest parts were the Alpha and the Omega. I got a big smile on my face when it got to Omega and like, it's like, well, plan didn't go as work as, as planned, but you know, these guys all suck. <laughs> and by suck, I mean can, like, really photogen things up. So I'm just going to send them anyway, and this is still going to work. 
Yeah. This will be fine. Which I thought was, I don't know. So it was. Pietro it's kind is of, my brother. I am used to fixing bad plans. <laughs> well, it's kind of weirdly perfect too, because it's supposed to be like they all had to go confront this dark thing that they all succumb to, and she's just like, "Oh wait, no, I've been the one to deal with this before, so I'm going to do the dark thing, but also just be a master of it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that? That's because that's her, mm-hmm. her demon. Uh, I found it odd that. What is it? Black was it? Bolts. Black bolt. Black bolt. Blackagar boltagon. Although not actually Blackagar boltagon. Who even knows? <laughs> uh, does, I don't think it we matters. still don't know. That was the whole point of that. I think uh, the fact that he can't fly shows that it's not him. All right, yes. fair enough. Uh, the f- fact that he asked, like, "Hey, let us remember all of that," was odd. They didn't really give a reason. For that, but Black Bolt is always a man of mystery. So, well, yeah, <laughs> but it was—it's just so weird because that's not the fact that they know it should make them less mentally sane. That's the whole how that book works. I mean, they don't remember everything. They kind of have bits and pieces of like, oh man, things could have gone real bad. Yeah. Your flesh melting off and your cranium being filled with wires bad. <laughs> I was going to say, the two standouts for me were Iron Man and Blade. I yes. Know. Iron Man, I think, was by far the strongest one. To me, it had a very uh, Junji Ito feel. Yes. it was. This is hard to explain if nobody's ever actually read this story, but it felt very much like this is my hole. So... For reference, if you have not read the Darkhold, the Iron Man Darkhold story involves Tony trying to do things a little differently and basically turning... I mean, the Iron Man suit has always been uh, analogous to the Iron Lung in the early stories, but instead of I'm making an armor to battle the world, I'm going to create an armor to make things better. But the armor does classic cyborg stuff and decides that perhaps... They would one way to make them better would be to not have skin, just have skin iron for sucks. skin. <laughs> like it's also not wrong, but it part of the part of the reason that works is because he's not confronting his fear. He succumbs to it, and instead of admitting that, he creates a crutch, which is what ultimately kills him. He can't. He doesn't have. And when he chooses that path, he chooses to ignore what actually is the issue. Because, yeah, he has shrapnel on the chest. That's going to kill him. That's scary. But there's a, there's a bigger issue at play that he's just not addressing, which is part of the fear factor and what causes the machine to do what it does. Because he uses it as a weight. It's a safety blanket that eats your skin and melts your bones. Well, and, <laughs> and I mean, it's a cl- as I said, it's a classic of, like, cyborg in literature of uh, the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. Turns out to be better, and the you know, and it, it it immediately starts infiltrating his brain. So he has the like, why would I want to take this off? The the two that were strong for me was Iron Man and Spider Man, mm. and I'm not a horrible, I'm not a huge Spider Man fan to begin with. I personally it just doesn't connect with me any of it. But this oh, I could prove you real wrong on that one mm-hmm. real fast. This mm-hmm. story though, I'll <laughs> this one bummed me out so much the ending shot with him on the web but it's made of <laughs> a reed he's like it hurts and he's like shut up this is your job <laughs> that was oh. like Ooh. I think that was a good one <laughs> yeah that's my number three I, th- I don't know the Iron Man one I thought was kind of just weirdly perfect also the presentation of that one made me f- uh, reminded me a lot of the old old fly not the the gold bloom fly yeah 
I think Spider-Man was my weakest one, but I mean, I think it was really well done. Weakest for me was Black Bolt. I guessed that one, like the twist in that one, by like the third page. It wasn't even so much the twist, I just thought it was well done. Like I've, I've worked with people who have a similar disorder as to not feeling like they are them, and that hits home for me. And it, it terrifies me. Home it terrified me to fair. my core. After reading that, I had to take a few minutes to be like, <laughs> that's not fun at all. And I will fully admit that the Blade one is my second favorite because it's basically just the bad Mirror Universe version of the first Blade movie. Yeah. That one Down was to fun. Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost with the V-Wave. And then Kingpin looks like the librarian. It kind of gave me, what was that movie where the vampires were the world and the humans were in like the factories? I can't remember the title of it. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> It's kind of... I should know this one. Although I also think it's one that I haven't seen yet, and I've just had, like, five different people recommend it to me. It reminded me of that. Like, the vampires actually rule everything, Mm -hmm. and the people are just there. Maybe that kind of vibe. Amadeus Cho, the good vampire. (laughs) (laughs) There can't be good vampires. Kicks them out of a window. So good. Very different blade than the one we saw in Captain Britain and the MI-13, who yes. makes out with Lady Spitfire a lot. Yep. Right. <laughs> um, I wish in that one we had gotten a little more time. And this is a thing that happens when you do one shot, so we were never going to. I really liked the idea of The Last Avengers and the idea that it's Kurt Wagner, the Prowler, and the original Hobby Brown Prowler. That was the... <laughs> and uh, Silver Sable. That also made me extremely happy. I was like, Silver Sable? And then it was like, wait, Captain V, Captain... Wagner? Kurt Wagner? (laughs) Do you know who Kurt Wagner is? No. Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, he said that. He said that in there. And he said he teleported out of the ocean the last second before Uh, he became human. And... Okay, so I love Miles Morales and Spider-Verse and everything. I think it's perfect. I do wish that his uncle hadn't been the Prowler, because Prowler was already an existing character, Mm -hmm. who I really liked, Hobby Brown. Uh, But originally, Miles Morales was from an alternate universe, but when they mix them together, suddenly there are two Prowlers, Hobby Brown and Aaron Davis. And Aaron Davis is in a big movie, No one cares about Hobby Brown. (laughs) So, like, he's kind of been stuck ever since. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's too bad because I thought, I always thought he was a character that deserved better than he got. So just seeing him made me happy. But it's not important to this. Also, I've always liked this is in V armor. It was, a lot of people have used that armor over the years. Baron Helmet Zemo being the most famous from the Thunderbolts. There was Blade, Iron Man. Oh, Black Black Boss. The Wasp, that's right. That one's just depressing. That's my least favorite. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to... It's just... The Wasp gets tired of being under... And I don't even... She, what she did was wrong, but it's understandable, but wrong. And it's just depressing. The whole situation is just bad. Because that... So, here is my thing. And this is not anyone... Well, it's not really anyone's fault, but here's the thing. The comic that was originally depicting Hank Pym slapping her like that was not supposed to be that. Mm -hmm. It was not supposed to be what it was. It was supposed to be Hank Pym is having a full-on mental break. Mm. Happens. 
And actually, I do think in the same way of utilizing Scarlet Witch as a like, let's examine, you know, mental illness that they did in the Scarlet Witch series. I think there's some good stuff you can do with Hank Pym. They just don't because of the mistake that was made next. He was supposed to accidentally hit Jan while he's basically having a freak out. He's not supposed to slap her. It's like, you know, turn around too fast and like gets her kind of thing. But the artist did not understand, like misread what was going on and had him full on backhand her. This has become the defining moment of Hank Pym's existence. I mean, that's why MCU Ant-Man is Scott Lang. Like, Hank is there, but... Because they didn't want to deal with Hank the wife beater. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it, one, because I don't necessarily like uh, equating mental illness with spousal abuse. I mean, I know it happens when someone is having a mental breakdown stuff, blah, 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 but I think that there is some problems in the way they connect that. And two, Hank Pym now exists in a single panel of comic and he will never be allowed to exist beyond it because an artist misunderstood the directions of the scene that was happening. So having an entire issue where that scene is expanded into she murders him in response... And I mean, they've made it more than that, but still. I mean, there was a lot of underlying issues throughout the entire. No, sure. And I think that, you know, I don't have a problem with Hank and Janet divorcing or having a problem of this was not a healthy relationship, yada, yada, well, yada. They could have made it, it could have gone anyway. They could have made it a healthy relationship. I just always feel bad that both of these characters, because it happens to Wasp, too. She has grown past the young woman who was assaulted by her husband. Like, it, it's problematic stuff in every way, shape, and form because the whole thing was not handled particularly well. So bringing an issue back to that moment is insanely reductive to me in a way that doesn't interest me. I see why the creators went that way. I'm not saying it was badly done. I just... It doesn't appeal to me. That's fair. See, I, I'll overall agree with you and your point about that panel... And it would be nice if, like, Hank, Hank in comics could move past that. And if Jane in comics could. Mm -hmm. uh, though overall, I felt like that issue read as more of a condemnation of the sexism of the time period. That's fair, and I'll give you that. I admit, my issues with that entire little storyline shaded my... Because I saw what was coming. Like oh, the yeah, moment yeah. that I was like, knowing the history of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Giant-Man and the Wasp, I was like, that's what this is going to be about. You don't have that history. What do you, do you have any, because I don't know if you've read anything with. Reading it, it, it was, they had a lot of foreshadowing, so I knew well, that yeah. abuse was going to happen. I haven't, I knew nothing about these characters going in. Mm -hmm. I barely know anything about Ant-Man. I wasn't prepared for the severity of it, and then. The reaction, I kind of guess, would have to happen because it has to be bad for a reason. And the way I viewed these stories was this is a what-if mm -hmm. scenario. It's like, what-if, but sad. It speaks truths to the person of who they are, so it bothers you, but it's not actually what you've done type of thing. It's just there to mess with you. That's how mm -hmm. I kind of took it. Actually, the two things that stuck out for these for me were both in the Alpha and Omega. One, I had to look up who Victorious was because she's a new character. Mm. 
uh, Doom's... Oh, the sidekick. Sidekick, yeah. Ex-fiance. So, sidekick. Turns out... Victor and Victoria. Right. Doom. <laughs> it, it's from the most recent uh, Fantastic Four run by Dan Slott. I've overall heard good things about it. Dan Slott doesn't work for some people. When he doesn't work, I don't think he works at all, so I understand. But overall, I like the guy. And what I have read of Fantastic Four, I enjoyed. So, soft, give it a shot. But anyways, um, Victorious was a member of Latveria, Doom's thing, that he manages to steal part of the power cosmic, which is Galactus's powers that powers up the Silver Surfer, to power up someone to guard Latveria. Latveria. He ends up deciding to marry her because it'd be a good thing to, you know, have a wife and build a legacy. But they hadn't actually been dating when that happens. He just, like, walked into her room and was like, what up, you gonna be my wife? And she was into it. <laughs> he probably didn't fairness. even say that. He said, hey, you're my wife, because he's Doom. Well, no, you're going to be my wife, yeah. because there's like... You're Reed, going to be Doom's wife. Reed Richards is gonna <laughs> Doom be... Doom has Doom. chosen you to be Doom's wife. <laughs> Reed Richards was uh, gonna be his best man and stuff, but awkwardly... Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, was hiding under her bed because they had just done it when he goes in. So she's like, just photogged the... Uh, <laughs> they uh, had the photogon session? Just had the photogon session with the, like, boy band of superheroes. Um, what's up, boss? Oh, we're getting married! Johnny, get under the bed! <laughs> <laughs> but she decides to admit this to Doom right before their wedding. I don't know. Doom takes it badly, despite the fact that they were not a thing, from what I understand. Right, Doom just just decided. Doom. So, he attacks the Fantastic Four, infects Johnny with nanobots, I believe nanobots, that makes it so he can never turn off of his firepowers. He's eternally flamed on, calls off the wedding, and insists that uh, he never see her face again. So she puts on the Doom mask. Okay. And that's why he is such a d- to her throughout that entire thing. Beyond just he's Doom. But like, good Lord, Victor. Mm-hmm. You're photogging it up, man. Like, she actually would have been into marrying you too. It's the it's the scene from Ted Lasso where Roy Kent is having trouble because uh, Keely, his girlfriend, has mm-hmm. slept, or new girlfriend, slept with someone else recently. Mm-hmm. And they're like, were you dating at the time? And you slept it, then grow up and get over it. Doom needs the diamond dogs. Doom does need the diamond dogs. Doom's diamond dogs. I know we're talking. I know we're talking about the movie, but that's also the pretty solid five. The diamond dogs. That's the group you're working with. They could use both. <laughs> um, and then the other weird thing was, and I know you, Mac, will have no idea who this is. I'm curious if you've ever heard of this character. The Return of Omega the Unknown. No, I was like, I recognized that Nate. he's somebody. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... The way he showed up in that costume, I'm like, nobody's making a modern character looking like this. He is a reference. And that is a modernization of the original costume. Oof. <laughs> I actually kind of like it, but that's fair. Also, he has a floating dead mom cyborg kid. That was dope. And they simplified how weird this book was. Omega the Unknown was a book created by a man known as Steve Gerber. We will be mm. reading a lot of Steve Gerber in a couple of months when we get to the Man-Thing episode. Mm-hmm. He's wild. He also created Howard the Duck to really just put this in 
reference. Duckman! <laughs> no, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Omega the Unknown was one of those weird 70s superhero books that if it had come out in the 80s, we would be talking about it probably on similar levels that we talk about Watchmen or Dark Knight Returns. It starts with this kid, who is now the kid that is now Omega, waking up and getting into a car crash with his parents and finding out his parents are robots. He did not know that. You know, that, that'd be kind of weird. Simultaneously, yeah. a superhero or an alien crash lands on the planet. He does not speak at all and is dubbed Omega the Unknown. It, it's this weird, like, 12-issue storyline that gets canceled early and then finished by someone not Steve Gerber in The Defenders uh, in a story that Steve Gerber is like, well, I don't like it, but I'm going to let you have it. Like, I'm not going to fight this. It's not my ending, but whatever, man. Mm -hmm. It's such a weird, brilliant 70s, somehow both 70s cosmic and 70s street level like, at one point, Omega's working in a food truck because some guy finds him and helps him out, and he gets into a fight with Electro. In the early 2000s, they did a complete version of Omega the Unknown uh, when they were kind of diving in. Marvel was doing indie comics for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, let's hire an indie comic creator. Let them tell whatever story they want to tell, and it doesn't have to worry about continuity. And he went, hey, Omega was weird as hell. So I expect... Omega was going to come up with, like, they needed to keep the rights. But it's weird that they would even care about that, because... I wonder if Orlando is just a fan. I really want Orlando to write an Omega book. Oh my god, I'd be so happy with it. Or, I know in some cases, it's just like... Like, maybe he wanted to do a character that they were like, No, there's plans, but here's a list. And they went, uh, Omega. Because it's part Omega. Mm -hmm. Or just because... Dark no Omega. <laughs> or because, holy shit, really? You're going to let me play with this character? Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so bringing him in, this is the kid from the original story grown up with his weird robot mother floating around as a head following him as he is now the silent Omega. The probably most important part of Omega the Unknown is the creative team. I don't remember who the artist is, but the guy who did all of the character designs was John Romita, one of the most important comic book creators in Marvel history, and the second longest run on Spider-Man was of all time was him and Stan Lee from... It was something from, like, Spider-Man... Amazing Spider-Man 30-something to, like, a hundred and... 10, 120? That's a lot. It was almost 100 issues together. That's insane. Especially when, what, 20 issues is a, is a run now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, back lot. then it wasn't uncommon either, but yeah, it was long, long. It was that, the length of that run was only beaten in the first decade of the 21st century with Ultimate Spider-Man with uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. Not important to this, other than just me being like, is that talking Omega? <laughs> and I read Omega like my freshman year of college so it was right around the level of like this is trippy deep stuff man and looking at <laughs> I'm like I don't think it was actually deep but it was cool it was cool <laughs> do we have anything else I don't have too I'm much about to this uh, no I mean overall I did really like it yeah 
It was a weird book because it got put off forever because uh, it was supposed to come out like the month that COVID-19 hit. Oh, okay. And it got, for a long time, people think, thought it wasn't going to come out. And then it came out just like all at once. Which it was kind of built to do that anyway, so it wasn't yeah. a huge deal. But uh, it was supposed to come out, I believe, around the same time as Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Or WandaVision. WandaVision. And um, it came out like a year later. It has been a year since that's come out. Almost. Longer, I think. Longer. That went by so 2020. Quickly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, wild, right? Yeah, next, in, next time. Uh, we're doing kind of a side episode partly because the vampire setup episodes are getting really confusing for me. So we are going to do the death of Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange had a major crossover event since we did his episode. And really, I needed a place to talk about the death of Doctor Strange crossover event because it was sick. And we're all for that. And we're all for it. Uh, so now it's time for, <laughs> that's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. For those of you staying on the island, the bi-weekly game of Heads Up 7-Up will start soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of New Byland. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.